to the One More Verse podcast. This is John Nix, and I'm excited to have you along on this Monday, December the 7th, 2015. Today's reading was 2 Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, and chapter 5, verses 1 through 10. So come on. And let's discuss what we read together. Waiting. Waiting is something that no one likes to do. But that's exactly what David had demonstrated for us. He showed us what it looks like to patiently wait the Lord's timing because the truth of the matter is, the Lord is always on time. And so, having gone through a series of challenges and difficulties having had to run from the incumbent king, having to navigate foreign lands and being hunted and on the run and war and battle, it finally comes to where we begin to see David assume his leadership over Israel. Now, he doesn't take on the full, all of the tribes of Israel to begin with. But in our reading today, David has been anointed at Bethlehem. This strategic place that will play another part. Bethlehem, meaning house of bread, where one day the bread of life would come from. And so he's made no effort to seize the throne by force. Even when Saul was dead, he didn't come and tell everybody, all right, this is what you have to do. But he waited for this prophecy that Samuel had given to be fulfilled because his trust was in God. David's desire was not to lord over the people. It was to love God and serve him well. And so finally, after all this waiting, all the patience, the elders of the tribes come to this place, this city called Hebron. And as they come together, they acknowledge that they're family. And so they tell David, hey, not only are we family, but you have been the one that was our military leader. Even when Saul was king, it was you who led us out and you brought Israel. They acknowledged that God had said that David would be king because the Lord had told him that he would not only be the shepherd, but he would be the prince over Israel. And so as they come to David, they come to this place and their desire is to make him king. David reasons with them. He discusses these things and he makes a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord. And they anoint David officially as king over Israel. The Bible tells us that David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned for 40 years. And so he reigned at Hebron um, in Judah for seven years, and then he reigned over all of Israel and Judah for 33 years. And so he's got to get to his first order of business, and his first order of business was he needed to establish a new capital for this newly united nation. He, he decided he, he wanted to do something that would be pleasing in the eyes of the people. It would be wise and strategic. And so he chose the city of Jerusalem. He, he chose Jerusalem because it's right there on the border of Judah and, and Benjamin. And so there's this place where if he goes there, he, he doesn't, it's not an affront or an offense to anyone else. It makes good sense for him to be in that place. But the for- fortress of the city was currently occupied by the Jebusites. So this was going to be a challenge for David. And they were so confident in the city that it was impregnable. And so they just boasted that even a blind and lame man would be able to defend the place against David. 
So David takes his men, and these men are are men that are gifted. They're following David, and he just basically throws down the challenge in front of them. He says, I'm challenging you to capture the city of Zion. And and he tells them, because David was a brilliant military leader. He, He was not just a gifted shepherd. He was not just a brave warrior, but he was a gifted leader. And so he explained that the way to take the fortress would be through the water tunnel. And then he says, all right, and the first one who struck down a Jebusite would be the commander of his entire army. And so we're introduced to a man named Joab, and he is the first to go in and he scales the vertical water tunnel under Jerusalem. And because of this, and because he was the one who struck first, he would become the leader of David's army. And so as David's men go, they take this place that the people in their pride thought would never fall. This place was conquered. And once the city was secure, David took up his residence there in the stronghold. And this became the place where David's men and David dwelled. That's why it was called the city of David. And so the fortifications of the city were repaired, they were extended, and after establishing this brand new capital, the Bible tells us that the Lord was with him and that David became greater and greater. Not because he was smarter than everyone else, not because he was more gifted than everyone else, not because he was stronger than everyone else, but because God had chosen him and God was using him. All of the patience all of the unwillingness to do harm even to a king that unjustly wanted to take his life and attempted to murder him. Even not being king over the entire nation and just being in Judah for a time. Even in all the transition, even serving in these limited leadership roles that he'd had before, there came a place because of his faithfulness, because of his service, that all the elders recognized that indeed what God had said was true. They had seen it. David had served, be it as a shepherd who took on the champion Goliath, be it um, a general who would lead the army, be it the man that would just serve inside the palace and play music for a king that was not resting. He had served faithfully, and all of these leadership roles brought him to this place where finally God's word always was fulfilled, and he becomes the king. Faith and obedience are are connected to one another. David, by faith, believed that he was to be king, but he obeyed in small things, and therefore God took him to great things. But he had to remember, and he had to Keep in mind that every accomplishment had to be tempered with humility because the reason that all this happened was because the Lord was with him. And so how do we measure what makes someone great? Faithfulness? Humility? Accomplishment? The truth is, God chooses people to let others know what he is like. God uses people to help people understand what he, his purpose and his plan are, and sometimes God takes insignificant shepherds on the backside of the wilderness and shows through their example of faithfulness and obedience that God can be trusted. And in this place, after all this time, to rebellious people who wanted to be like all the other nations and a failed king, we now have a king that God had chosen. He didn't look like a king. He didn't come from a royal family and he didn't come from greatness. He was the youngest of the boys out in the the fields tending 
to flocks and livestock. But at the end of the day, this would be a king that God would choose because he knew his heart. And here we see a demonstration of that heart and that obedience. What an incredible testimony of being patient even in difficulty. Thanks for listening to the One More Verse podcast. For more information about Vertical Purpose or One More Verse, visit johnnicks.org. I would love to hear from you, so find me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram using the handle TheJohnNix. And don't forget to download the Vertical Purpose app for additional resources. Thanks again, and join me tomorrow for the One More Verse podcast.